Before we begin, let's begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, right now as we stop once again, we want to thank you that you are here with us. We've seen it through Sabbath school into the part of church that we've gone through so far. We're here, we're ready to listen, we're ready for the message that you have for us today. Guide us if there's anything blocking us from hearing your voice. Take it away so we can focus on what you have for us today. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, in the Cherokee Nation, there's a story, there's a legend about how young boys become men. What they're told to do is they're told one day they're handed a blindfold by their parents and their parents say, out in the middle of the forest, there is a stump. And what we want you to do is we want you to go and we want you to sit on that stump at sundown. When the sun goes down, we want you to put the blindfold on, sit cross-legged on that stump all night, and here's the conditions. You cannot call out. You cannot scream out. You cannot shout out. You need to sit absolutely quiet. Now, I don't know about you, But in my mind, having to do something like that, where you're hearing all the noises all night long, would make me want to jump out of my skin. But time after time, you hear the stories come back with these young boys that now become men, that that's not what happened. Yeah, they hear the owls calling out. They hear the sticks snapping. They hear all this stuff. And yeah, probably a little bit shaken up with everything that's going on. But the moment that the sun rises and they take off their blindfolds, they find something very amazing. What they find is that sitting not a couple yards away from them is their dad. Their dad had been there all night protecting them, watching over them so that they could make that transition from a young boy into a man. How often is it that we're given assurance like that, whether it's by our parents, a friend, or someone else, and we would rather go, you know, I don't trust you enough, to let you do what you say that you're going to do. But let's go even farther with that thought. How often is it that God places on us on that stump, He puts the blindfold on us Himself, and He says, listen, I will be with you. You will hear the sounds. I am here. Just trust me. But instead, we want to go, oh, um, uh, No, I would rather trust in myself and my power than to trust in the very fact that you're going to watch out for me. From Genesis to Revelation, 
we see the stories where time after time after time, God calls His people. And yes, there's people that don't stay faithful, but He has His people that stay faithful. Daniel was one of those. Daniel, from a very young age, where his parents, we know, trained him to listen for God's voice. Trained him saying, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what you might have to go through, always be faithful to God because He's already been faithful to you. You don't have to worry because God will never fail you. Now that is one of the best promises that we ever have. The very fact that it doesn't matter what's happening in my life, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life, God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even more than that, He says, not only am I the same, you will always be with me. Just wait. My word is true. But we see Daniel going through many different things. Having been taken from his home, then his home eventually destroys. Then having to go through a huge test. Not like at school where you have to sit down, okay, now 3 plus 3 equals, let's see, that's 7 this today, right? As all the teachers start laughing. Understanding what's going on with this huge superpower of the time. But God is with him. Going where kingdoms change and God is still with him. And Daniel still trusts. Daniel understood something. He understood the concept that even though we cannot see God, we will trust him. Because that's what faith is. Faith is all about trusting even when you can't see what's going on. Because it's at that moment in time when we feel that God is not in control, that He's working everything out for our goods. We need to remember that. But then we see from our scripture reading, Daniel's not a young man anymore. But he still keeps faithful. You know, it's, it's interesting as we look at this part of the story of Daniel, and we're going to be taking a look at uh, chapter 6, verses 16 to 28 in just a moment. When you look at verse 10, something interesting pops out. Because so often we say that it was almost like an afterthought, that the decree was signed, and then Daniel went, oh, by the way, let's go pray. That's not what the text says. I took a look at these last couple weeks, did some more digging on this. And what's interesting is Daniel does exactly what he's been doing before. When a decree comes, he puts it back in their face. And says, even though you think you're the one that's in charge, you are not. It is God himself that's in charge. 
Verse 10 where it says, at the very moment. Did you notice that? At the very moment that the decree was signed, Daniel went to pray. And later on in the verse we see that Daniel continues his habit three times a day. We're not told. We're not told here in the Bible when exactly they came and they took him, put him on trial, threw him in. But we're told that Daniel remained faithful. Even though everything kept changing, Daniel stayed faithful. Now can we say that about ourselves? That in the changes that are happening in life, that we are staying faithful? That is a must. That is a must for the times that we're living in. God says, yet again, even though you cannot see me, trust that I am at work. Trust that I am working for your good. Trust me that I am going to see you through. Which brings us into this part of the story. Daniel chapter 6. I hope you brought your Bibles today. Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 16. I will be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Whatever version you have, or even, I think there's Bibles in the pews too. Whatever version you have to follow along works as well. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 16 says this. It says, Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. Every single time that we see that there's a problem, In Babylon, whether it's Daniel, whether it's his friends, whether it's Daniel again right now, the leadership makes a public acknowledgement, whether it's before or after, to who God is. Darius knows Daniel. Darius knows that Daniel has not wavered in his faith. Darius knows that Daniel is rock solid because he knows the very God in whom he trusts. But too often in this verse 16, we look at it and people sometimes throw it out as a question. Like Darius is trying to say, well, you know, maybe. But specifically, Darius is saying, I know that no matter what's going on, that your God... Not my God, your God. The one that you have a connection with, He is going to see you through. Because that's how strong the relationship is that you have with Him. Now if we were in a similar situation and we were at work, where we were about to get fired, could our bosses say the same thing about our faith? I know that that's a very, very sticky topic for any of us. But it's something that we need to think about. When we go out, do people see us 
Or do they see the God that we serve shining through us? We're called to trust. We're called to obey no matter what. We're called to be like Daniel, to be like Elijah, to be like Esther. Be like the people of old, that no matter what was happening, they always trusted in God no matter what. Verse 17, a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of the nobles so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Okay, Remember, a little while earlier, we see the decree being signed, the king sealing the decree, making it into a law, saying that nothing would be changed because my word is universal. The one who is in control. That's what's, what's going on right now. We actually see this again at the crucifixion, after Jesus is taken to the tomb, where we see the seal being placed on the tomb, signet ring right into the seal, saying nothing is going to be touched because my word is final. My word is law. And even more, the nobles, King wanted to, remember, King wanted to go back on this. He wanted Daniel to be saved. Nobles bring their rings and they say, Remember, King, remember that your word is law. You cannot go back. And to hold you to this, we're going to sign with you too. To show you that we have some power that you gave us, and we want you to stay true to who you are. But that brings us into the next couple of verses. Then the king went off to his place and spent the night, f- night fasting. Interesting, isn't it? He doesn't call for a huge feast. He spends it fasting. And no entertainment brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. When you know, when you know that you have done something, your conscience is going to be at you all the time. But not only that, Darius knew that not only had he done something to somebody, he did something to his best friend, but not just to his best friend, to his best friend's God, who he knew by that point in time had lots of power. We don't know much about Darius, but we do know this, we do know this much. The Medes and the Persians, they love stories. They knew these stories that came from early Babylon, from Nebuchadnezzar, from what Daniel and his friends, the things that they had gone through. Because Nebuchadnezzar, what was the one thing that Nebuchadnezzar was known for building? Do you know that? The Hanging Gardens. Because who was the Hanging Gardens for? It was for his wife which come to find out she was actually from Medo-Persia. So these stories are going back 
She's probably, she might have been the one sending him back. So Darius would have known these stories. So he's got it in his mind. So wrestling with all this stuff, can't sleep, won't have anything. Because not only is God speaking to his heart, but Daniel is on his mind. Verse 19. And then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. Okay, now in haste, remind me, does this mean I'm walking slow? Haste. Wait, what does that word mean? Hurry. Okay, so, so we're, we're in the Olympics right now, right? So we're seeing Darius, just like Usain Bolt, fast down to the lion's den. Get it off! I want to see what's going on with my friends. Now, what is Darius expecting when that, when that stone is rolled away? Is he expecting to see Daniel? He's hoping to see Daniel. In his mind, is, is he thinking there might be bones? He knows what lions like to do. He knows that they're hungry. They probably haven't been fed in a long time. So this is why we see this in the next couple of verses. Where it says, When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you continually serve, been able to deliver you from the lions. Once again, right there we see Darius up front acknowledging the very power of God and the very fact that Daniel is faithful no matter what. Now with that, when he's saying this, does it say, did it say that he's saying this with a strong voice? That he's singing this out? A lamenting, a troubled, a shaking voice. Fearing the very fact of two things. Number one, that he had just lost his best friend. And number two, that he was going to be destroyed by someone that was more powerful than the gods he served. Can the people around us acknowledge that? When they see God's power working in and through our lives, can they say, you know, if we touch them, if we hurt them, we know the God that they serve will do something to us. So he's shaking. But I love this part of the story. Verse 21. Then Daniel spoke to the king. I love that. Then Daniel spoke to the king. O king, live forever. Right there, O king, live forever. He's not saying, I hope you live for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and that your kingdom will last throughout all the ages. 
That was the normal greeting of the time of a servant saying to their king, May your reign last as long as God will permit it. But he responds to the king in verse 22, My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And they have not harmed me in as much as I was found innocent before him and also toward you. O king, I have committed no crime. Responding to his best friend. Here's what's interesting. Many people as they're looking at this story, this part of the story, and even more the original language, some scholars are coming to believe that this was not just any angel. That it was Jesus Himself. That Jesus came down and shut the lion's mouth. So when your best friend throws you into the den of lions, who comes to be with you? An even better friend. Now I can't imagine what that night must have been like. Sitting with Beasts that normally would want to tear you up. But they're sitting there purring like house cats. And you're sitting with the master of the universe. Sitting at his feet all night. Learning from him. Getting that message to take to the people. But having no fear, even if Jesus didn't come, even if he couldn't have seen him. Daniel, if we had Daniel right here today, standing in front of us, Daniel himself would say, I trusted in my God no matter what, because I believe that even though I cannot see him, even though I may not feel like He's there, that that's the moment when He is working the most, not just for my good, but for all of our goods. Because that's who He is. Verse 23, Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him because he had trusted in his gods. Right there, parallel, where we see the same thing happening with the three friends, three Hebrews, coming out of the fire, not even the smell of smoke. And so, So we see that happening. We see Daniel being brought out of the den. And chapter 6 ends right there, right? Is that the last verse of chapter 6? It's not. You know, with a lot of these stories, we'd rather skip over these last parts because of 
what happens. Whether it's David and Goliath with David chopping off his head, or this part in the story of Daniel. You would have thought that by this point in time, that the people that had accused him would have understood the very power that God had and how he was in control. But they didn't get it. Darius did. Darius did. And that's why, verse 24. The king then gave orders, and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. And often when I've read over that short little part in that verse, I've stopped and I've gone, you know, I can understand about the men, people that accused, but the whole family? Darius was saying this, he was making a public proclamation saying that I will not allow this type of accusation to ever be in my kingdom again. I am cutting it off at the source. No genealogy will be allowed to continue on because if it is, those that follow Daniel's God will be persecuted like this once again. I'm not going to allow this. Continuing on in that part of the verse, and they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. That's very gruesome when you think about it. Not even going all the way, but all of a sudden they're gone. And then we see in the end, if you look at Daniel, we see in Daniel three times, three times that two were Nebuchadnezzar, one one was Darius, where they make public proclamations to the very power, the very authority of God and who He is. And in those last couple verses, we see him writing this new decree, saying, hey, this happened, and because this happened, you need to take notice. You need to take notice because it's true that it doesn't matter if you see God. It doesn't matter if you don't see that He's working in your life, you need to trust Him anyway because He is at work. Today, that's the very message that we as a people need to not only remember, but take to those around us, even if we may fear the people that we are called to give the message to, we are called by God to take the step forward in faith and say, 
no matter what may happen, no matter what the consequences, no matter even if I have to lay down my life for the message that God has given me, I will do it because not only do I trust my God, but I believe that much more that great is His faithfulness because He has seen me through today and He will see me through forever. You know, before we, before we pray today, I want, want to appeal to each one of you that when it comes to trusting God, it's not easy. It's not easy when we look out and we see so many things going on and it seems that God's not there. But I want to encourage us today in two things. Number one, when it seems that God's not there, just like we talked about, God's at work. God's beside us. God's seeing us through. But number two, remember this. We're not alone on this journey. Every single one of us are walking the path. We need to stand together. To stand firm on the Word of God and say together, even though we cannot see Him, we will still trust Him. Let us pray. Father, how true that is. And You give us even more proof that we can trust You even in those times where it seems that You're out of sight but we know that you're always standing right beside us and you're taking care of us. Father, as we head into this new week, clear our vision. Clear our hearing. If we cannot see you, help us hear you. Help us even more know that you are with us and to take that knowledge and to encourage others around us with the very hope that not only is Jesus coming soon, but that you are with us to the end and beyond. Help us to stand together in that fact, in that faith, in that hope. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.